Hello, folks. Welcome to another episode of Catch Up, the podcast about contemporary hip-hop that examines where hip-hop's been, where it's going, and where it is. I'm Jordan Suwami. And I'm James Rathbone. And this week, we're talking about one of the greatest artists of all time, Young Thug. Thugger, thugger, my brother. He put out his debut album approximately eight years after he (laughs) started getting (laughs) attention and releasing mixtapes. And to the delight of many, it's his greatest success yet. Yes, it is. It is. And it's like kind of like the culmination of uh, a career of creative exploration and originality Mm -hmm. and uh, a lot of stuff, like a lot of left of center stuff that maybe we thought would never end up in a place like this mainstream or this consolidated and 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 just streamlined successful even um but before we get into that let's like let's let's go over some housekeeping notes um first of all if you're listening and are able to please consider contributing to our patreon Mm -hmm. Uh, go to patreon.com slash catch up podcast yeah it helps us make this you know we uh, it helps us it helps us like expand yeah like we've, we've, t- we've alluded to in the previous episode we have some like big plans for like live episodes that we're gonna do in the next coming months mm-hmm. and hopefully very soon we'll be able to announce some uh some of these things mm-hmm. but a uh, big part of that support has come from the patreons uh so consider doing that it's a it's a big help and it keeps us going and it keeps us growing absolutely and uh you know if you don't follow us on instagram hit us up at at Ketchup Podcast on Instagram. At Ketchup Podcast. Uh, and feel free to message, DM us, uh, let us know uh, episode topics that you'd like to hear or your feelings of certain episodes. Also, like, you know, tag it, tag us, uh, post it in your stories, tag us, like, help spread the word of the pod. Mm-hmm. So, should we? Those are the housekeeping notes. Those are the housekeeping notes. Let's, Let's get into the episode. Yeah, we're ready. We want to get to Thugger. So, uh, when's the first time you heard a Young Thug? The first time I heard a Young Thug was, I believe, 2012. I think, yeah, definitely 2012. Um, there was a song that I that came through the grapevine to me of of like kind of the rap internet called "Keep in Touch," mm-hmm. and um, <clears throat> at that time, rap and especially like Atlanta rap wasn't kind of in a place where there was, you know, like a, say, a boozy fake group where you would get the newest songs posted. It was kind of like a, you know, stuff would float into onto the internet. Mm-hmm. You know, some kind of crossover hits would happen. Obviously, there was Gucci Mane and Waka Flocka. There was a lot of tumblers. Yes, there's like a, a lot of tumblers. A lot of uh, obscure... Rap tumblers. Like you know. uh, hit, regional hip-hop yeah. came, to, came to us and a lot of people through tumblers. Exactly. You know, I, I remember having, at the time, I would... Uh, it's like the sort of DJ digging in the crates thing would be essentially trying to find out what was on radio stations <laughs> in different parts of America, you know, because the songs wouldn't necessarily cross over. And, and, and you know, it's it kind of before the streaming stuff had been worked out. It was, totally. it was still kind of the wild west of music distribution. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the song came out and it was it's really kind of strange because it's not really a rap song in a lot of ways. It's uh-huh. like this guy singing a song about meeting a girl and, you know, maybe, she, uh, you know, she's a dancer or something like that. But it was like nothing I'd ever heard before. Mm-hmm. I think it was, you, it was the same song for you, right? Yeah, it was. It was. And it's also because, like, the production combined with the way that he's singing, mm-hmm. for me, when I heard this, was hitting an emotion that I had not felt in hip-hop before. Mm-hmm. Um, and even the way that he's, like, kind of singing the lyrics, it's, like, felt like 
it felt very fresh and it felt like it was tapping an emotion that I haven't felt tapped by hip hop before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It felt very earnest. Um, and it was, you know, it's just a special song. It, it still, it still is a great song. We should listen to it. Right yeah. It's now. one of my favorite young Thug songs. So let's listen to, um, keep in touch by young thug from, I came from nothing. What you do, bro? But yeah, I remember, I also remember once uh, talking to you at Cold Tea, which mm-hmm. is a bar in Toronto uh, that James is DJing at. This is probably like in 2013. Yeah. And we and you and you played Keep in Touch, and I was like, "Wow, this song is so good!" And, yeah, and we had like a little conversation about this. Yeah, you know, he, there's a over the time in, in like the history of Atlanta rap. I mean, Future had kind of had come out at this point, and and was you know was kind of a star from pretty early on. But there have been a lot of like kind of one-off uh, Atlanta acts in that time, like. The um, rich kids, for example, rich they weren't really, or Travis Porter, uh-huh. uh, not necessarily one-offs, but really just signed a local. Yeah, they never local like, acts. Basically. They never really got the international cred that they deserved. And mm-hmm. I think Travis Porter in particular, like they yeah. were like they, they kind were of were rich. like the for, at the forefront of the modern like strip club hip hop. Yeah, uh, they were like a proto Migos a lot, a little bit. It's true. They weren't as catchy. And they were a little more wholesome. Little, I mean, they're like they're less like they weren't not, like, not wholesome, but like they weren't like as gang yeah, yeah, yeah. focus is yeah, like exactly. uh, amigos they're more like we just like partying and yeah, going to strip clubs exactly you know? yeah um but anyway you know so we didn't necessarily know what was going to come of thug but then you know it's like you know it was one of those things where i it really felt like this is a cream rises to the top kind of situation because mm-hmm. it's you know even with even with uh keep in touch and some of the other songs on on came from nothing too mm-hmm. like there's a song called haiti slang mm-hmm. which i remember at the time was both reviled and beloved by people in the online music communities mm-hmm. that I were, that I was a part of um, just because it's like people liked it because it was so experimental and people hated it because it was so experimental that it didn't seem to like cohere to any kind of regular hip hop that, that people had heard before. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what was exciting and interesting about young thug to me and a lot of other people. But it also was like, is this guy too left of center to ever get enough traction that he'd keep rapping, Mm -hmm. you know? But before long, he had kind of linked up with, I think, a then incarcerated Gucci Mane or shortly before he went away on his, uh, his bid and, uh, and then released uh, kind of, I think the the mixtape that really started to, Mm -hmm. you know, build the momentum of his career, which is 1017 thug, which, uh, (laughs) you know, it was again one of these these really original Atlanta albums that you know just no you never really heard anything like it and now looking back on it you can it almost sounds a little bit quaint compared to uh, some of his later stuff uh-huh. uh, but it was really exciting at the time totally and so much like incredible rapping on this mm-hmm. like um, 
a really good example is uh, w- one of the first breakout songs from this album is is Two Cups Stuff, mm-hmm. and it's just it's just such a fun song, and and he's really like you know he's really rapping his ass off on this. Mm-hmm. So let's let's listen to a little bit of uh, Two Cups Stuff from Ten Seventeen Thug by Young Maybe six months later, uh, a couple of songs leaked or got dropped. I don't know. I wasn't really sure what the release, uh, the intentions of the release were. But they, that's what they really quickly gained momentum, and uh, you know we're seeing on uh, social media videos of of Drake and Kanye dancing to them. That's right. Which were Danny Glover and Stoner. Oh my gosh! Wow, what a, what an era! Yeah. Like I I still remember seeing like. Complex when I think Complex posted Drake in a club listening to Danny Glover and like mm-hmm. rapping some of the words in Bop His End. I was like, yeah. oh hell yeah, yeah, exactly. Drake likes it. Yeah, Thug is about to be a superstar. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, and it was so exciting as a fan of his to see because, like, yeah, like I, like I mentioned, the whole thing about him is that he was so interesting and so creative and so original. And like, what he what he had was that it was like cadences and flows that you've mm-hmm. never heard before. Mm-hmm. Some of it. That was kind of hard to decipher, but once you did, was mm-hmm. was like kind of rewarding because you'd hear all these like really clever lines mm-hmm. or just like unique ways of using his voice, mm-hmm. and it it, it felt like it, it, like hip hop was he was taking hip hop to places that it had not been before. Yeah, exactly. He was working sort of. It was like he was in tandem with Future, who uh, was kind of a little bit bigger at the time because he you know he dated Sierra and he had just. When he landed, he landed in such a like he'd been making done doing mixtapes for a while. But when like you know Rax and Tony Montana came out, he was so like polished and kind of in not such a different form than he is now. It's true. Know? And you know earlier when I was talking about like wh- what I found so interesting, like I, I came from nothing too, mm-hmm. which I guess like the feelings there there is like a little Wayne analog, like some little l- Wayne songs that kind of have that like that feeling, mm-hmm. like prostitute flans, for instance. Yeah. But Future's Pluto album had a lot of the same kind of like emotion that mm-hmm. is on that I Came From Nothing To song. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, sorry, is on the uh, mixtape. What's the song? Keep on, in touch. On the song Keep in Touch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but Thug, Thug, that was just one element of what Thug was doing. He was doing a bunch of other things too. Exactly. Like he was like, yeah, like he, I think, I think is with Thug that like the term mumble rap started to become like more mm-hmm. mainstreamized. Yeah. It was almost like people used it to refer to Future. Because they didn't really know who Young Thug was yet, uh-huh, you know. Because uh-huh. uh, I mean, Future has done some stra- some strange mumbly things in the last couple of years, like <laughs> in his uh, King's Dead verse or something like that. Uh-huh. Um, but he, uh, you know, Thugger was way farther out in terms of like the wildness of his style from early on, and uh, you know, Danny Glover is still to me like 
one of the great trap songs of all time. I played it not too long ago at Apartment 200, mm -hmm. and it just sort of came to me, and it was like, it like it went off. Mm -hmm. You know, it had just been the right amount of time since since people had heard it, and people, it was kind of that that look of recognition. It's also like such a fun song. Yeah. Like the way that it builds, um, you know, a lot of the lyrics, it's mm -hmm. just like, it's, a, it's fun and it's funny. Yeah. So shortly after those came out, he released a, a collaboration project called Black Portland. That's right, with Bloody J. Yeah, which was an interesting record. It seemed to kind of come out a little bit as a as a means of of you know uh, getting Danny Glover uh, a little bit longer of a life to me at the mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. It also kind of has some has some strange sort of more experimental thug on it. Has is. Became, became obvious that would be just who he was. He'd do something different every single time. Like Florida Water. Florida Water. One of the, uh, you know, just strange, Stand cool track. songs. Yeah. He's just doing like interesting melodic stuff with it that no one had ever done mm -hmm. before. And, and you know, since it'd be interesting if you weren't aware of this, what you would think of this in this sort of post little Uzi kind of era. It's true. You know what I mean? It's true. And also that was sort of, it's sort of, Along with 1017, it sort of we sort of started to see that Thug had this thing about doing collaborations and sort of putting out these interesting offbeat records. Mm -hmm. The next year, he kind of broke out with All About the Money and Hookah. Yeah, that's right. Like in he, 2014. I, re I remember the doing this like being featured on this Ti single about the money, mm -hmm. um, which was a huge a huge, huge song, song yeah. for that year. I remember feeling like, okay, like he's going to get his mainstream moment. Like yeah. start, if someone like T.I. And this is when T.I. was still putting out songs that could, felt like they were towards yeah. the center of like hip hop, yeah, you know, yeah. like, cause I think the song is a really big hit and Thug makes the song. Like, mm -hmm, it's absolutely. like, it's really like, it's almost it's, like a young, it's thug a song. young thug song, it's, you know, and he bodies his verse on it Yeah, and sounds great. And yeah. And then, and then the hookah song with uh, the tiger, which is really a young thug song. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's mm -hmm. like, that's like, that's like one of those, uh, tiger's A and R is like, okay, what can we do? Tiger is, he's not giving us anything. Get that young thugger on the phone, you know, like, mm -hmm. but before tiger kind of had the biggest comeback of 2018, uh, <laughs> according to not soldier boy, um, <laughs> in the level, Tiger, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, Tiger's Tiger somehow is good now. Like Tiger, he's a he's like I'm a new Tiger song when he sort of once Taste came out, he's mm -hmm. been great. But at the, in 2014, like few years after Rack City, he was yeah. at like a low point. It, he seemed like he was washed. Yeah, and uh, you know, Tiger, and then Young Thug sort of stimulus gave him, package gave him a hit. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that, it wasn't long after that that he um, signed a management deal with Cash Money. Yeah. First of all, he signed to 300 Entertainment when mm -hmm. Lear Cohen when Lear Cohen was running the label, mm -hmm. and um, and 300 ha has this like or hat. I don't know if they, how much they still do it, but they have this like really interesting model where mm -hmm. it's not like they treated each project project like it was like a traditional label. It was kind of like they let the artist. Uh, at least that's how they presented it. They let mm -hmm. the artists kind of do their own thing and they just provided them with marketing support and like money for recording and stuff like that. And in return took money from all parts of their revenue streams. Uh-huh. Yeah. If, I mean, he, so he's kind of pretty quickly ascending to being like a hit maker and like an underground favorite. He has, uh, 
a couple great verses on Travis Scott's Days Before Rodeo, which comes out that year. That's right. Skyfall, which is an and incredible song. It's also because this is when he's like he's clicked up with Rich Homie Quan mm-hmm. and uh and Cash Money mm-hmm. and they form one of the variations of the group Rich Gang. Yeah. Now, uh you, we have an episode which is entirely devoted to Rich Homie Kwan and Young Thug's time together, and, and particularly the mixtape they put out called The Tour Part One. Mm-hmm. So go go and check that episode out. It's episode 22. So go check that out if you want to hear us extol the virtues of one of the greatest mixtapes of all time. And, uh, and you know, the the sad, sadly, the only entry from one of the great duos of all time. Mm. Um, so let's fast forward to 2015 post- the tour era. Uh, Bart- and, th- and throughout this time, Thugger is releasing a lot of music. He's featuring yeah. on a lot of songs. He put out a tape with uh, Gucci Mane. Mm-hmm. He put out, you know. You know, he's just, he's he's, a, he's hot. He's he's, a, he's kind of everywhere. Yeah. So 2015, he puts out, he's kind of, yeah, he's, in, he's still clicked up with Bourbon even after the Rich Only Kwan thing fall, falls, the fallout around that and puts out one of his best projects to date, The Barter Six. Mm-hmm. And The Barter Six came out it was a very controversial rollout for this album because that it was initially titled the carter six uh in honor or maybe to taunt lil wayne it's kind of it's it's kind of a, for everything thug has said about this is that he mm-hmm. still loves lil wayne mm-hmm. and it's uh, like a tribute to him it's a tribute to him but wayne is seems to have not feel that way and yeah. feels like it's like like he feels threatened by it and he feels like maybe thug doesn't have the right intentions or something because there's just been, and I think it's probably because like this is around the time that Wayne and Birdman were having a big beef, mm-hmm. and then Birdman wins like I got the new Lil Wayne, yeah, yeah. I got a new son, <laughs> yeah, yeah, my old son I don't love him anymore. <laughs> I got a new son who I love very much, and yeah. Wayne's like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. Also, that Lil Wayne had put out 500 degrees uh, after Juvenile's 400 degrees. Uh huh. You know, it's sort of True. kind of in that same True. spirit. True, and also. Uh, also around this time, we should also mention that, you know, Wayne's, uh, a, a tour bus that little Wayne had got yeah. shot up yeah. in, uh, in New Orleans. By someone who's allegedly connected to. Not allegedly, by somebody who's definitely connected to <laughs> Young Thug. Yeah. And so you, you could see how Wayne might not be so hot on, yeah. on him titling his album Carter Six. Yes. And so at, at the last minute, like, uh, I think a legal injunction led to Thugger having to change the album title to the Barter Six to like prevent any kind of further litigation. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that album comes out. And I, I remember in the lead up to that album, a lot of young Thug fans and a lot of people in the media feeling like this was going to be his breakout moment. Mm-hmm. And then when the album came out, it's it's a very good album, but it wasn't like, there's not a lot of like home run swings for like a bit massive hit on it. Yeah. It's, a, it's a lot more of like, it's an insular record. It's like, it's Thug doing his experimental stuff and like, you know, having good songs and rapping well, but not in a way that would cross over. Yeah, he's not putting on like his, uh, you know, he doesn't have like a Drake feature or a Future feature or, you know, I think maybe at that time might have been slightly beefing with Future. Uh, mm-hmm. And, he, you know, or like whoever, whatever kind of hit maker he might need, like he he's just really doing his own thing. He's not, there's no like, when other artists might be reaching for, Post Malone wasn't quite Post Malone at this point, but mm-hmm. re- reaching for their Post Malone, you know, Young Thug was just making his strange off-kilter music. 
Yeah, and there's a lot there's a lot of songs that I like on this album. Um one of the lead singles from it was one of my favorite songs on this album. It has a really great video. It's uh it's a song Check. Mm. And in the video you have Young Thug in a Hooters tank top uh dancing around. <laughs> and you know, I absolutely love it. And I think this this is also around the time that like Thugger was doing a lot of things that was draw like you know, I think pretty early on in his career like from 2014 it thug was like kind of like a troll a bit mm-hmm. he you was know? he was like he was doing stuff like he was wearing dresses he was like painting he his was nails. painting his nails like red you know he was saying he's like calling his his his, his friends, friends bay lo- lover. lovers saying saying we're in love and posting photos of him and rich homie kwan <laughs> and obviously or maybe not obviously but like you know there's a there's a big portion of uh kind of like the classic rap fan classic rap fan who are like extremely homophobic yeah exactly and i mean and you see it like if you if you go back to 90s rap or even even some rap out now it happens a lot less now but mm-hmm. like where you just like hear like homophobic slurs and yeah. like so the idea that a young new star who was ostensibly a heterosexual yeah would Say things that would l- allude to maybe not being heterosexual. Yeah. Made it, it kind of made people's heads explode. Yeah, there's a funny thing, I, and I re- I remember I just lo- I just loved it. I'm like, yeah. I th- why can't you talk about yeah. being in love with your friends? Like, yeah, you should yeah. be in love with them. You know what I mean? Like, I just I thought it was like so. I thought it was really great, and I I I loved every minute of him saying me and Bay, and it's a him and like Rich Homie Kwan. You know? Yeah, I forget who it was, but there was someone in like the 2000s. Someone asked like, what would it take for like a mainstream like gay rapper to be like the biggest rapper and they, they were like well they they'd have to be the best rapper like their music would have to be undeniable and i've actually felt like with the young thug during that time there was a many people who probably conceded like yeah i don't normally listen to like a gay rapper just because i'm a you know kind of closed-minded person but his music just slaps so hard that i can't help it you know <laughs> like they and in some ways that actually that helped yeah i feel like young thug sort of really open the lane for other rappers to be flam more flamboyant and you know experimental in the way they dress and, and even the way that they like expression yeah i think that's true i think even the way they like physically hold their bodies and exactly. like you know like someone like a little uzi vert for instance mm-hmm. you know i don't think that he would be able to exist the way that he does if young thug had not kind of done all of this stuff in this era exactly i think it's also important to note that some of these rappers i mean thug maybe included mm-hmm. at this time i think he's like since like kind of moved away from this but mm-hmm. these rappers who would who would maybe do this stuff and like say kind of do stuff that was like pushing the boundaries of what was accepted as like traditional masculinity and hip-hop mm-hmm. were also still homophobic themselves yeah, yeah, yeah you know like yeah i mean i, I don't think i i don't think young thug is homophobic i mean yeah. he's I don't think he's homophobic either. I yeah. think he has said some homophobic things in the past. Yes, yes. Uh, I think like, like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. He's become best friends with Elton John. And, uh, <laughs> you know, Elton John is a huge fan of his. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's – it's it's just like the kind of thing that uh, is typical of Young Thug's career. It's like another left, uh-huh. wonderful, like left field – turn um over the next year he released like kind of three mixtapes slime season one two and three in the 
kind of, I would think, as a response to his, some of the music getting leaked. Yeah, he's he's an artist who's had a lot of his music leaked over the years. Mm-hmm. It's a kind of classic clash, cash money thing, actually. Hmm. Because Lil Wayne was maybe one of the greatest victims of it of all time. Um, but um, probably my favorite Young Thug record outside of the tour to date uh, came out in 2016. It's sort of his most cohesive, I would say still maybe his most cohesive and compact uh, album, which is Jeffrey. Um, it's the one that has most, one of the most infamous album covers of sort of recent times. Uh, he's wearing like kind of parasol as like a hat and uh, what a lot of people kind of think of as a dress. To me, it kind of looks like <laughs> he called it a quilt in the recent interview. It's not really look like a quilt to me, mm-hmm. but it does kind of look like uh, an experimental Comte de Garçon garment, which isn't exactly like a dress. It's like a costume to me. You know, I've, you could say what's the difference between like a dress and like a costume. Well, it's like, well, it's a question of functionality. Regardless, like <laughs> it's like a totally bizarre like kind of like art piece that he's like wearing. It's not like he's just like got a sundress from Aritzia on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, he's not like cross-dressing here. It's like this some kind of – it's like more like cosplay than, than anything. Anyway, it's – part of the, the sort of conceit of the of the album is that each song is named after uh, sort of – Someone like, that he, he idolizes. He idolizes. So it's Wyclef, Floyd Mayweather, Swizz Beats, Future. Rihanna. Rihanna. Gucci Mane and Webby, uh, Kanye West, and featuring the bonus song that Travis Scott <laughs> stole from him, "Pick Up the Phone." <laughs> the song, this, I mean, this album is excellent. It, I always felt like it didn't get its proper due. Yeah, I, I, this album is not the one for me. Really, doesn't, doesn't really do it for me. Like I was, you know, in preparation for this episode, I was listening to some of these songs over again, and I was like. It just isn't really my thing. Like, I think some of the songs are good, but it's just not, like, my favorite Young Thug. Do you prefer a slime season? Is there a favorite slime season you have? No, but I prefer the project he put out in 2016, I'm Up. Mm, interesting. Which is, like, a short – it's, like, nine songs. Mm. And it's – I just found – I was, like, listening to it uh, recently, like, before this album came out. Mm. And I found it to be really tight. It has some, like, some, some great uh, – Hercules. Uh, yeah, Hercules and King Troop, which is like a song about Th- Thugger's OG mm. in Atlanta. And the guy who actually introduced him to a lot of people, including Gunna. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thugger's known Gunna for like years. And he mentions it in his recent interview he did with Big Boy. It's like there are old videos of his that you see Gunna in the background. You probably don't even know who he is, but mm-hmm. he's just there. Because he's like – and it's because they were connected through this guy, yeah. uh, Troop, who unfortunately passed away in uh, 2016, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's actually listen to a bit of King Troop. By a young thug from I'm Up. I just asked God why he called for troop. When it's time to ride, if you love him, nigga, prove. You know all your little niggas gonna shoot shit up for you. I thought I seen a ghost because your son look like you fool. King Troop. Action. I hop out of dabbing. My old lady classic. We on to this fashion. My cool sent on tabbing. I pop with a baby. My fucker chick bragging. My breeze ain't high fashion. She naked, I walk through the door. I promise, I promise, she know. I pull up a bow and got more. I'm cold as the no fucking pole. I came a long way from the store. I hop in the fire. 
so in 2017, he released one of the more idiosyncratic rap albums of all time, in my opinion, Beautiful Thugger Girls, which is, it's like, has sort of country elements. We kind of covered it in our country episode, mm-hmm. but it's just like a strange sort of melodic, like, exploration uh, almost like a singer-songwriter record. In, it's true. In some ways. My man's on his Tracy Chapman. Yeah, exactly. If you haven't listened to it, check it out. It, it, in my opinion, it's not my, one of my favorites of his. Uh-huh. Like there's the Family Don't Matter is an incredible song. Yeah. The rest of the record is not as interesting to me, but it's still just worth hearing for the fact that it's unique and there's no other project that ever sounds anything like it. Yeah, I, I will say that this is like – a record that I really enjoyed. Yeah. I think there's a lot of great songs on it. Um, this there was one of his biggest hits at the, before, at the time this album came out, a solo hit at least, sir, was a song relationship with future. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is like, I think this is like when him and future started becoming pals. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just a, I think with this album, this is also where it became very clear. This is when I was like, okay, I guess Thugger's never going to have that crossover moment for yeah. himself. He'll have it on features where he'll be on like a Post Malone song or a Drake song or a Camila Cabello song. Or maybe hopefully if we're lucky one day, Kanye will release one of the many songs he's made with Young Thug. Um, There's a version. You know what we should listen? You know we should play? There's a version of the song Famous with with an insane Young Thug verse that for some reason Kanye never put out. Maybe it's because Thugger ate his lunch. Yeah. But – Young, uh, I mean, the biggest crime against Life of Pablo, other than some of the changes that he made to it, is the fact that he put Designer on instead of Future, and that he took out these Young Thug verses that were recorded. Let's listen to a little bit of Young Thug's verse from Famous uh, on the Life of Pablo, Cutting Room Floor. One more time for the shot town. One more time. One more time for the town. I bet that money come around if you stay down. I just came from Europe, my money colored like a clown. So after after uh, we're gonna kind of skip ahead here a little bit because after Beautiful Thugger Girls, he releases not as I don't want to call them middling because even like the least interesting Young Thug release is still more interesting than most people's work. Um, but he has like a some EP mixtapes, I don't know, whatever you want to call them. Uh-huh. Um, like uh, Young Martha. He oh, has, yeah, with Carnage. Yeah, Super Slimy with Future, which was, you know, super hyped and a bit disappointing. Like a lot of, like a lot, of, we've talked about this in the past, but like a lot of these like cl- super mega collaboration albums. Yeah, Hear No Evil, another small EP. Mm-hmm. Um Slime Language, which is like we talk- a compilation. We talked about last year. It's sort of an interesting record. I think it's better. It was better than I felt like it was when we talked about it. Mm. Um, it's got some interesting songs on it, but it still didn't have like 
it wasn't it. It didn't feel like a, a step forward for him. Mm-hmm. And we were really kind of starting to think like, you know, is is Thug like maybe in if not in the decline, is like has he peaked? Yes, that's right. You know? That's right. Um and you know, he, he put out another EP like he's put on, out on the run on the run which which features the song um, he features a song that ha- with Elton John, John an yeah. Elton John sample yeah hi which is great great song um and then nothing i mean this is like one of the most prolific artists this was a year ago mm-hmm. that he released that and not that he didn't have verses obviously he's around he's and, around but the other thing is also in this year a lot of Thugger's protégés became mainstream hip hop stars. Yes, so like and Lil Baby, Gunna, Gunna, Lil uh, Kid, Lil Kid, um, uh, Lil Got It. Yeah, I mean, like not a star, but yeah, like but he's out but there. These people are out here, and these are some of them are actually signed to Thugger's label. Like Gunna's on Thugger's YSL imprint. Mm-hmm. Also, his sisters became rappers. Yeah, they were featured on some of his songs in the pa- on in the past. They're good. They are good. Um. Dolly and Dora. Yeah. Hi, Dora. Great names. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it was, it did, it did kind of feel like even with like Hi, like the Ellen John song, it's like, okay, this is just who, who Young Thug is. He's kind of, kind of be somewhat similar to Gucci Mane in that like, yeah, he has had moments of relative success, but not like in the way that say Future had 2015 when he totally dominated a younger number one record mm-hmm. and was just sort of everywhere, crossed into the like sort of mainstream consciousness. On DS2. And Dirty, yeah, on Dirty Sprite 2. And uh, let alone, I mean, we never had any expectation that he was going to be on the kind of Kendrick, Drake, like real, you know, kind of mainstream, mainstream. Mm-hmm. But even to like, in the era when someone like a boogie with a hoodie is getting uh, a number one record. Someone in the era when someone like Nav is getting a number one record. Exactly. Shouldn't young thug have have gotten that? We kind of conceded that maybe he hasn't like have the kids kind of moved on from him Mm -hmm. to his, his kids. Yes. You know, the, the, yeah, the little babies, the gunners of the world. Even like a little Uzi is like a a thugger child. Absolutely a thugger child. And well, luckily enough, he came back with his, Debut album, all those EPs, yeah. all those mixtapes, you know, literally one of the more prolific artists in rap history, finally puts out his debut album and everybody loves it. Yeah. That's the good news. It's th- the good news is that everybody loves it. It's called So Much Fun. It's an, an amazing and title. It's a great title. And it's also, I feel like, really reflected in the songs. Yes. Like comparing it to, because I was listening through a lot of Thugger's catalog in the past few weeks, like there are... The fun, like, there's so much fun as a parent in this in this song. Mm. The way that he's rapping on the, on these songs is, it's really tight. It's also still playful, mm-hmm. and he's also just like, it's like humorous. It's like, and it feels fun. Yes, it, and it's lighthearted. And it's it, true, you know. It, it, even it's... even this, he has a song in here where he uh, is taking the not so subliminal shots at YFN Lucci, a mm. rapper from Atlanta with whom he has beef, and even that song is funny. It yeah. feels fun. Yeah. There's an amazing song with Future called Sup Mate, which has gotten some great memes about, like, the reception from, like, Australian and British people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, like, like surf. But I know? think but I think even, you know, I think even from 
from the opening song, which mm-hmm. is called Just How It Is. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I get, this is like Thugger saying, I'm just going to speak it to you plain, mm-hmm. like explain what's going on. I felt like even from this opening song, the mood that it strikes and how clear, clearly spoken he is and mm-hmm. artic- articulated he is, mm-hmm. it, it felt like a step forward. Mm-hmm. And it feels like, okay, look, it, it really did give it that like big album feel like this is like an album and this yes. is different from the previous projects because of the, the kind of thought and the construction and like, you know, the sequencing, all that stuff is taken into account in a way that previous projects have not been maybe. Yeah. Um, so let's listen to uh, Just How It Is by Young Thug from the album So Much Fun. Had to wear the dress, cause I had a stick. You know where the bag at, tell me where it is. I came from rats to riches on the shit. I can no longer disguise a bitch, cause I'm rich. I got cause good lol, bitch, cause I'm rich. I escaped everyone in the list, cause I'm supposed to be rich. I don't care about no cop, I'm telling you just how it is. Put it in a Uber, send it to a shooter. Ask me how they do it, kick it shit right, you can. Put it in a cab, send it to an Arab. The lead single from this uh, record I love is mm-hmm. it's kind of part of the J. Cole renaissance that's happening this year. Mm-hmm. Um, J. Cole's had an amazing year. Yeah. I don't I'm hoping at some point we'll get to talk a little bit about Revenge of the Dreamers. Uh-huh. Because it's actually one of my favorite records of the year. And I'm not historically even a fan of like the Dreamville artists, mm-hmm. the Earth Gang. I mean, not that I'm not a fan. I just not someone who I would download an album and listen to it on repeat. But like Revenge of the Dreamers is Excellent. We we have to talk about J. Cole. Like, we do. At again. some point, we will get to him in this season. Yeah, because uh, J. Cole's become one of the most interesting figures in rap mm-hmm. in the last two years, I would say. Yes. And I think that what he's doing is so important for the genre and, and the health of the genre. And it's what he wasn't doing before. It's true. It's and true. it's why he's, you know, it's what the J. Cole fans didn't care about and what the non-J. Cole fans did care about. That's right. That's you know? a really good point. We so, we'll get we'll get to that. The London is it's 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 kind of interesting because it is maybe the like most radio friendly young thug song of all time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's got Travis Scott on the hook. It's it's just got this kind of down tempo beat that it's his highest charting solo song as well. I yeah. Think. And you know, it's like a or type like of young thug led song. Yeah, it's like a it's like a little inside baseball DJ thing, but I like love around 100 BPM. It's where like a lot of like dancehall songs and like uh, British uh, songs are, and and like and a lot of like just like you know DJ Mustard, a lot of like the really dancey hip hop sits around that same speed, and this song is in that same speed, and it's just like a wonderful song to to kind of when you're trying to play music for people. The, you go up with a really dancey like DJ Mustard or something like that and then kind of come down into this mm-hmm. a little bit. And it's still – but it's still dancey even though it's a little bit more down-tempo. It's true. It's true. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's, it's like – also like putting the song out as like a lead single. This is like a real heat-seeking missile. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it has Travis Scott. It has J. Cole, two of the biggest rappers in the game. Yeah. And – if like this is like one of the first times that it feels like okay, Thug is trying to play the game exactly. Like he wants to have a crossover single. Yeah, you know it, he didn't seem interested in crossover singles before, but this is a clear attempt at one, and it succeeded. And, and th- you know, and, and it, it's like wonderful when things work out like that. Mm. You know, so often, I mean, the music history of music 
especially popular music, is not a story of meritocracy. The, the most popular people sometimes are the best people, but often, you know, especially like how many number ones did like Flo Rida have or how, you know, compared mm-hmm. to say, I don't know, some who would be like someone of his era, like even Little Wayne would have been the same era as like Flo Rida. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't, other than the Carter itself or maybe Millie gotten close. Lollipop. Lollipop maybe, but like Flo Rida is not Little Wayne, mm-hmm. you know, and then that's fine. I mean, popularity isn't everything, but Little Wayne deserves it. Yeah. There's an amazing interview that he just did. Wayne? Uh, no. Florida. Flo Rida. No, Young Thug. Young Thug. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I wonder what it could. Florida Flo could be kind of interesting. I would love to hear. I would just love to hear him talk about his career. Yeah. He's like behind the scenes, like well, that machine. Like he was a machine. He's like a wedding song. Kind of not a great wedding song, but a wedding song like jukebox almost. Yeah. yeah. He's like a... He's a alt pit bull esque, yeah. you know. Yeah, he's like a less charismatic pit bull. Mm-hmm. He'll take it's like the pop songs that other artists turn down. He's Flo- Flo- he, Flo- Flo- knock out of the park. Exactly. Anyway, in this interview uh, with Big Boy in the morning, um, a, a Los Angeles radio host, he's on there for an hour and fifteen minutes and answers every question. This is like unheard of for rappers. It's unheard of for Young Thug specifically. Especially Young Thug. I think that a lot of, because even other rappers who like kind of like play the game and when they have an album to promote, they go to the Breakfast Club and maybe Zane Lowe. They go to, yes, they go and do interviews and they talk about, they just like kind of like make themselves open to all the questions that people want to know from them. Mm-hmm. Thugger's never been somebody who's really done that. No. And there was like some few exceptions, but never, not really in this kind of like way. And I think this is another clear example of the ways that Thug, Thug is actually stepping into fame and kind of like seeking that mainstream success mm-hmm. in a way that he probably he previously hadn't. Mm-hmm. And I believe it's in the Big Boy interview or maybe in somewhere else, but he mentions that what made him the way that he's like comporting himself now and like he's thought about his career differently now that he's managed that he has artists that are on his label mm-hmm. and artists whose careers that he's in charge of like helping structure mm-hmm. and so he's and he's playing the game more because he sees himself as an artist like them. Whereas I think before he was kind of just like following whatever creative whims that he had, kind of like regardless of like business strategy. Mm-hmm. And I think that now he's kind of attuning the business strategy that he's helped foster in his own artists onto mm-hmm. himself. Exactly, and that's why he's like doing all this stuff. Like he uh, did an interview with Elliot with Elliot Wilson for his Crown series, which is like an on stage like hour long like interview mm-hmm. and these are just things you could never have imagined him doing even two years ago absolutely not and the, the one of the things that's so striking about these interviews is how like happy and sane and calm and just not neurotic at all he comes across mm. he comes across as like actually a pretty lovely guy mm-hmm. which is not like how rappers tend to want to portray themselves in interviews a lot of the time he's it's almost like even when he, he he's asked about past and present beefs he's like you know it's really actually not that serious yeah it's true like, it's like it's just kind of something we do we, you know there's only a few rappers i've ever seen who kind of are like that who kind of take off the mask like cameron could be like that sometimes so, sometimes cameron would have to do his like call into funk flex and be cameron interviews and sometimes uh-huh. he'd be like 
listen, man, this is like a job for me. I, you know, I think about it. I'm like a wrestler. I come in. I want to entertain the crowd. I want to get response. And then, like, you think if a, if a serial killer moves in next door to me, I'm not going to call the cops? Like, yeah. even though he, like, said that on 60 Minutes, which was to, like, you know, it's to be playing Cameron. Uh-huh. But, like, he isn't always playing Cameron. And it's, I mean... I'm sure for rappers, I always think it must be so interesting to create this rap persona and to have the expectation everywhere you go that you are that and the way that must play into your like sense of self. Mm. And it speaks to how, you know, kind of smart Young Thug is that all these years later, he can sort of take the mask off and be that and still be making like great music. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like Mm -hmm. he's like washed and just looking back on it and it's whatever. He's like, oh, this is like kind of another interesting thing I can try. I've tried being just the total rock star diva, Uh wearing crazy clothes, being an enigma to everybody I know. You know what? Now I'm going to be a complete open book. I'm going to go exactly in the full on other way. Uh It's amazing. It's it's really great because it's like, you know, it's what you want to see in an artist whose career you're following over the years. It's growth. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, you know. I mean, and like, once again, not to mention this, like the verses he has on this album are, are fucking fantastic. Yeah. The um, beats are amazing. Beats are very, very good. It's just uh, the beats are almost better than the rap. They're that good. And it's a young thug. I mean, you, you hear us talk about him. This is like the third episode of this show that we have talked. Like, I think we talk about him more than like anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, you can tell how much Jordan and I like him. And, you know. He's got a lot of pure born on this album. He's got Wheezy. Yeah. Um, DJ Darrell, yeah, you know, Southside, the usual suspects. Uh, so T T minus, um, J Cole is uh, one of the producers on that song, The London. Mm-hmm. Also, J Cole is an executive producer of this album, which I like, don't really know what that means exactly. Yeah. I don't know what what his like role was. Role was, but I don't know. Yeah, I can, who knows? Yeah, I can, you know, yeah, like, if he helped with the sequencing, if he helped with sort of. Just the concept of making it as cohesive as it is. It's not even like a sh- like one of our, you know, things that we love when it's like a twelve album, a twelve song album, whatever. It's a nineteen song album. It's a album. nineteen song album, and it's all, very enjoyable. Yeah, all kinds of guests. I mean, I'm I, lucky enough to have the version that doesn't have the Machine Gun Kelly verse. On yeah, see. Yeah, I mean, it's also because that the, the other thugger. So yeah, Young Thug did the kind of like Kanye West like album update thing where he in the initial when the album was initially pushed to the streaming sites. It was just him on the song Ecstasy, which is his third song on the album, which is a really good song. And then he made an update and added Machine Gun Kelly with who, who, who he's on t- going on tour with later mm-hmm. this year. Um, and he added him to the song. And in the Big Boy interview, he mentioned that he had like told Machine Gun Kelly that he's going to put him on this on the album. Yeah, and that so that's why he put him on the album. Yeah, you know, exactly. like he'd already like he's like doesn't want to go back on his word. Yeah, um, and. And it gets also just like a like a business decision, exactly. You know, like and, get and that. Like, yeah, get that get that paper. I mean, even going on tour with Machine Gun Kelly. I mean, it's great whatever kind of relationship they have. Machine Gun Kelly has a, a very large particular kind of audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who might not be Young Thug fans, and now will be exposed to him, and and you know, probably a lot more of them will come out for Thug because he's. So idiosyncratic. You're going to that show. Yeah, I am going to the show. I'm really, really excited to see Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> um, I also will say the Machine Gun Kelly verse on the song, it's like not bad. Yeah, It's yeah. just like not as good it's as the Young Thug, Thug verse that yeah, it exactly. replaced. Um, but like, let's actually listen to a bit of ecstasy with Young Thug and Machine Gun Kelly. Ecstasy, 
another thing about Thug on this album is that he, I feel like this is like his most clearly articulate. Like he, like he, I feel like there's a least amount. First of all, I'm not even really somebody that concede will concede to like Young Thug being a mumbler. No. Like I think it's just like I think though it's like I mean I guess I guess you could describe it as bubbly, but, but it's it, like I could I could almost always understand most of what he was exactly, saying, though, yeah. you know. And it's like I spent a lot of like my formative years in Houston, mm-hmm. so I'm used to like a southern drawl. Yeah, and I don't know. I also like listened really closely, you know. Like I, I well, it's it's. I mean, you know, I've, I've probably done my little mumble rap like rant before yes. on this podcast so i don't necessarily need to go into it but it's like listening even listening to that interview with him uh, and and just the way that he speaks and the way that it's like that's the appeal mm-hmm. the appeal is how he talks like yes. it's not a fault it's not like he, he's he's choosing to be inarticulate uh for he's not choosing to be an articulate part of me he's he's choosing to like play with the cadences and the and the way he vocalizes mm-hmm. like this these are conscious intentions as an artist and it's great it resonates it works it's true he he also mentioned on this album using his real voice a lot on it mm-hmm. in that big boy interview he talks about like he wanted to use his real voice a lot on this album mm-hmm. and i think it's just because i think this is another part of like just how accessible this album is like he wanted this album to be mm-hmm. and i think the other thing is that you know even while doing that he still does some really really super fun flows mm-hmm. like one of my favorites on the album is uh the song jumped out the window mm-hmm. and it's just like it i remember seeing a snippet of it and the song really lives up to the snippet because it's also like the uh the way the song starts and like what the verse is about and the hook is just like such an insane story and it just seems amazing mm-hmm. so let's like actually listen to a bit of jumped out the window by young thug So there's just like basically like this album. I think we both really like it. Mm. There are just so many good songs on it. I can't recommend it enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, the song "I'm Scared" which features Twenty One Savage and Doughboy is like great. Mm-hmm. And Sa- Twenty One Savage says some fucking hilarious, <laughs> yeah. amazing things on this verse. Yeah. Like, oh, my. he has this one line. He's like, I, I forget how how it starts, but he's like, he says he has a Glock on his rider. Right. <laughs> That is just a funny concept to me. Yeah, that it's yeah, like, yeah. like, yeah, I need a gun from your state. Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. B- just put it in the dresser. Yeah, it's just, yeah. it's just it, the With concept. The, no brown M and M's and yeah, lock. Yeah, it's, it's just a funny concept <laughs> yeah, to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just like this is what you hope for as a, a devoted music fan. You know, music fandom is so such a funny thing. I oftentimes can't relate to it just because I'm more. F- into like the music than I am into like the personality of the artist. Mm. So, you know, a lot of, I, I see, you see a lot of people who are like fans, like they worship the ground that an artist like walks on. Mm -hmm. That's just not really how I approach music. Like there are absolutely artists that I like love and I, but I love them because of their music. And, you know, 
that it, it's not like I, I'm it's a sort of unconditional devotional thing for me. But Young Thug is really one of my favorite artists of all time. And so to see him like reach this kind of success and to do it in the way that like doesn't feel like he's compromising anything. Mm. It's not like this is like a Ariana Grande, Post Malone like thing. It's like, no, this is the same old thug. Just put it in like a more cohesive, approachable casing, you know? It's true. And uh, just to like this album debuted at number one on the Billboard charts and it sold nearly 130,000 copies in its first week out and this is uh this is obviously young, young thug's like biggest success commercial success mm-hmm. and yeah it is i mean you'd you love to see it you love, you love to, you, to see it. you love to see uh an artist like this really kind of step into step into the position that you kind of always wanted them to step into mm-hmm. and you kind of maybe thought that they were never going to exactly. and it's just it's just a nice it's a nice evolution because it feels like there's still so much more further that he can go now. Exactly. He if if all of his children who are kind of the rising stars of rap, not his literal children, uh, his, his metaphorical, his metaphorical children, his, the people who he has influenced and guided into the industry, have I think a long way to go. Still, I don't. I think little baby and Gunna and little kid will be relevant for a while. Why shouldn't Young Thug? And that's this week's episode of Catch Up. Thank you very much for listening. Um, once again, please follow us on Instagram at Catch Up Podcast. If you have the means and and can, please contribute uh, contribute to our Patreon. So go to patreon.com slash catch up podcast and uh, help us keep the podcast going and growing. You're going to see some of the stuff that we've been working on for the last few months. Uh, and it's been and you're going to I think you're going to be very excited about it. We can't wait to tell you about it and uh, announce stuff. But it's a big part of it. It's coming from your your support, your Patreon support. So we appreciate that. Mm-hmm. We also want to give a big thank you to uh, our producer, Kyle, as always, and our researcher, Corey C. Corey, you're the fucking man. You really, really helped us out big time with these episodes. And uh, we appreciate your your help. Absolutely. Until next week, stay safe. Stay safe. Listen to some young folks.